0: Hello, welcome to another episode of Parks Youth Podcast. I am Pastor Witt, here with Pastor Daniel. Good morning. And we are going through uh, our Wednesday night curriculum. we The uh, last couple weeks, we've continued our workshop through How to Fight Sins. Um, just a reminder of the goal of our Wednesday night. It's a discipleship curriculum. And so parents, I mean, just have this, hopefully, prayer in mind uh, with your students. Christ has told them, told the disciples, go make disciples. And so there should be a goal, you know, in our, uh, you know, th- th- we seeing throughout our, our front window, through our windshield, right, that your students would have people in their life, if not now, but in the future, that they are pouring themselves out, you know, into, that they would be helping cultivate and to teach them to observe what Christ has commanded. So these Wednesday night curriculum is not just for your students to take and learn, oh, that's great for me. The goal is that we're giving them a workshop, so information, and we're giving them things to do in class as well as homework. So they should have notebooks, they should have pens, they should have Bibles, so they can be taking notes because ultimately we want to see is that the Lord grows them in the future. They'll be able to sit across from someone else and be helping them with how to fight sins. Uh, We don't want to just be hearers of God's words, only we we want to be doers. And so maybe uh, if you're a parent listening, you know, ha- have that conversation with your students of what would that look like in the future of be able to care for someone else and to help um, walk someone else. Or uh, Daniel, you disciple people. Yes. When did you start that when, when did when I? When was the first time you, discipled someone else? Oh wow.
1: Um. I remember. Uh... Going off to college, I'm trying to think. Uh, I was what was called a prayer leader. There was there was a structure at Liberty when I went of like prayer leaders, Liberty, spiritual life directors. Liberty. That's right. Not not that Liberty, at <laughs> school. And I remember uh, probably then I was in charge of like a small group. Okay. And so it probably would have been when I went off to Liberty that I would have begun discipleship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it would have been a growing process kind of incrementally yeah. uh, ever since then, just kind of checking with someone and yeah. um, leading and guiding.
0: That's good. So we've got through how to study God's Word, how to pray, and now we're in how to fight sins. And so um, these last couple of weeks, we went, one was um, how do we find uh, desires with a desire. And so really what we were trying to get at is the idea that your desires can be sinful. That was kind of the, the main thrust of that, of we see... Um, you have evil thoughts, Romans 12, I'm sorry, Mark 7, right? Evil thoughts come from within. James 1, 1 Timothy 6, that this idea of, right, you have inward temptation versus outward temptation. Do we? we have we talked about this before here? We've talked about this, or is that just me and you had this conversation?
1: I think we've talked about it a little bit, yes. Yeah,
0: but this idea, right, that there's an inward desires that mm-hmm. end up lead into a temptation and lead to sin. Yes. But what James and Timothy are not getting, trying to say in these, uh, points is the temptation has no sin in it right so i think the example we've given i can't gave, remember how much we talked about that yeah. uh, here i know you and i talked about yeah, it we we, we talk <laughs> <laughs> um but there's these sinful desires so this, this temp, sinful desire could be greed mm-hmm. which leads into a temptation of i want to rob a bank yeah and you can either give in to that temptation or resist that temptation But James and Timothy are not advocating, because you resisted that temptation, you haven't sinned. Yes. And that's where I think we can, usually when we hear that word temptation, we associate it primarily with Christ Mm -hmm. and his temptations. But his temptation was the word external temptation. That It was nothing within his own desires that wanted to sin. It was something presented to him Mm -hmm. outward, from the outside. Turn this into bread, do this, jump off this. It's like, no,
1: Mm -hmm. I
0: don't want to do that. God's word says this. Yeah. While our temptations often come from within, I desire something, I want something that's contrary to the Lord, and to have those desires are sinful. Mm-hmm. To desire something that God hates, or to not love something that God loves, is against how He has designed us, and therefore is not good. And that should leave us, I think, some sense um, feeling a little bit of despair. Like, man, I can't. My desires. Like, how can you even control that? Like, I. It's like, well, one. I think it helps indicate us how sinful we actually are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh wow, maybe it's yeah. not you know because we might we don't want to fall into that Pharisaic trap of like, oh I just didn't commit adultery, I didn't murder, like I'm good. Yeah, as long as I didn't do the act, I'm good to go. Right, and so we want to be. Jesus like, no, it's much deeper. Mm-hmm. It's your heart. It's your desires. You can be de- sinning um, without even like feeling like you chose to sin. Because that's how sinful our nature and, cor- and we mm-hmm. are corrupted. But it's not that the Bible doesn't give us direction and hope for how to be killing these sins, which Mm -hmm. is our last one. And I think the Scripture is ultimately saying, uh, have a desire for the Lord. Hmm. You conquer desires, not by simply saying no, 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 no to things. That is part of it, Romans 13, make no provision for this, right? If you see it, cut it off. Don't Mm -hmm. entertain it. Don't feed into it. But But he says that by, he's saying, Romans 13, put on the Lord. Amen and make no provision for the flesh. Yeah. So in a sense, of what we want to be doing is stirring and stoking up a desire for the Lord. And we do this in three primary ways. God's Word, mm-hmm. Prayer, Fellowship with the Saints. Yep. <laughs> We're going to bang this drum over and over again <laughs> because the Bible does it over and over and over again. There's no magic formula other than those word, particular things. Prayer and Fellowship of the Saints. Now, I do think there are other things that we can do mm-hmm. to increase our desire for the Lord. And I think there are things that aren't necessarily sinful that can also hurt our desires for the Lord. Hmm. The example I gave to my class for me, and this might help you because I have no idea where you're going to go when I ask you this question. <laughs> but watching movies doesn't necessarily hurt my desire for the Lord, mm-hmm. but TV often does.
1: Hmm.
0: Why? do I watch a TV show, I'm usually turning my brain off. I'm almost numbing myself. I, we call this kind of escaping.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But when I'm watching a movie, my the creative parts of my brain are actually alive and active. And I'm trying to dissect of what's the point? What's the, what's the director doing here? And I'm usually invigorated as I leave a movie to go do things, right. Of how the Lord has created me and, you know, uh, use my creative things to, I want to go read. I want to go do things. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm ready to go. I've rested. I think that's really true. Rest is when you using your creative abilities in a fun way, well, often we confuse that with escapism. I just want to turn my brain off and yeah, yeah. do nothing. And really what we do is, I think, for me, what I'm seeing is my desire for the Lord is shrinking. Do you have any, in your example, of maybe things that aren't necessarily um, sinful but or things that aren't necessarily prescribed in the Bible that kind of help your desire for the Lord or hurt your desire for the Lord? Yep, and this is a fantastic discussion because
1: I want everyone to hear us properly that there are pillars that... Um, that don't change, like yes. the Word of God, prayer, and community. And those are our main ones. Those are the main ones. Yes. But this discussion is also very nuanced because we're yes. all different and yes. we have different personalities. And yes. so, I love I love what you've said before as far as like the imagery of a fire. Yeah. Like there's you're going to start the fire, and there's different times of you know different variables like. Yes. Oxygen level in the room, you know, like temperature, all that stuff. You, The main goal is to keep the fire going. Right. Now, that could look different, whether it's inside, outside, you know, right. in different houses. But, like, to answer your question, um, so, so there's a nuance. There's a nuance about you individually. Like you said with movies and TV, that doesn't necessarily <laughs> hit me in that same way. Yeah. But I think one thing, and I've often talked about this with folks, like, as far as something negative that I have to watch out for myself is... You know how fast I might get my brain going, hmm. whether it's scrolling, yeah, whether it's um, any activity where you know I'm going from one thing to the next very, very yeah. quickly, because the speed of my mind I found, and especially talking with other folks, can very much have an have an effect. Hmm. It might not be a behavior I'm thinking of very like, you know, uh, out there or yeah. like that's very front and center that I might associate with okay. sin, but like going back and looking at patterns of sin or certain things that have happened i want to keep a pulse on hmm. the rhythm and the tempo of my of what's going uh, yeah. into my eyes on the other side and i've mentioned this music for me okay. is absolutely wonderful yeah. like i can be having a difficult day i can be even having a tough day spiritually yeah. but listening to a certain hymn there's something beautiful and very deep layered about music that wonderful lyrics focused on the lord yeah. combined with uh just a melody can mm-hmm. lift my spirits in a way so for me that's a go-to that i want to make sure i have in my back pocket and that i use a lot
0: yeah i think another thing, getting outside for me right getting outside taking a walk things like that can be very helpful for um, getting my heart going like man i love the lord right yes it's like yes going outside and walking around like man god's good yep it's just, I mean, however you want to say what's all going on. I think it's how the Lord has made me in particular. That that in particular is, you know, once again, it's, like you said, it's very nuanced. So each person, is, different things are going to. Um, and you want to be hesitant, you be careful. It's like, well, that's just how I was made. So therefore, okay, you know, there's wisdom there, right? Um, and so you just want to, but once again, the primary things that God has given us is yep. His Word and prayer and fellowship with the saints. Those are sure our first things, our go tos. And the other ones are uh, things that we're just aware of, things that are gonna hurt our desires, and things sure. that are gonna help our desires. Well, and
1: maybe just to share one, and he shared it publicly, so I feel fine sharing it now. But Pastor Davis mentioned before from the pulpit mm-hmm. when he's spent too much time on personally, when he spends when he finds himself in a, in a season of either overeating mm-hmm. or watching too much television, yeah. those types of symptoms and that's yeah. what we're talking about in this whole conversation, having self awareness yeah. to where you know, okay. If I do this, this probably isn't good for my spiritual walk. Yes. So in this sense, you want to have the spotlight on just monitoring these things as well. Mm-hmm. And this is where you have to be very careful and charitable because yeah. someone else might be, be very different. Yes. And you have to be careful not to impose your standards of what yeah. helps you yep. on somebody else. And
0: my wife helps me with these things. And then Pastor yep. Davis said, and Ellen has helped him of like yep. bringing these things to awareness. Once again, it goes back to her important thing. You need to have people who are speaking into your life. Uh, friends, accountability partners, students having your parents speak into your life of like are things are the tendencies that you see in me, okay, my desires for the Lord have gone down, my desire for sin is is increasing and, and ultimately what we want to do is how we want to kill those desires, those tendencies that we naturally go to, is by increasing our desires for the Lord. Not just saying, I'm no to this, no to this, no to that. That's a one way of fighting sin. But ultimately our desire is I don't even desire those things anymore because I love God. Hmm. I love Christ. And that's where
1: even if those desire, it's the appetite language that hmm. we've talked about. What it's going to mean to be a Christian in this life is that you're always going to have dual appetites. Right. You're doing everything you can to suppress the appetite of the flesh yes. and to feed the, the spiritual appetites. Hmm. And so flooding your mind with scripture, fl- flooding your mind with praying to the Lord with encouragement some days are easier than others, yep. too. Like, you fight, fight,
0: fight, and that's where you give grace to yourself, mm-hmm. but you never stop making every effort. That's good. And then we talked about another week, uh, How to Fight, sense with uh, what is our conscience? And I think mm-hmm. our, our conscience is a gift from the Lord. It's how we were designed. The definition that we used, there's a book in our book nook, shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> it's The Art of Turning by Kevin DeYoung. Mm-hmm. And he, it's a really short book, and he talks about really our conscience. And um, he says... Uh, it's the moral faculty within human beings that assesses what is good and what is bad. So short to the point it's the moral part in us that's assessing good and bad. Hmm. And so, uh, it, it how it works, uh, Romans two, 14 and 15, hmm. it does this right of the, the, the Gentile without the law says it, it, it's accusing us or excusing us. Right, We're doing this to ourselves, right? So that, he says that they're, they're not by any means innocent just because they don't have the law. Mm-hmm. He says they have a law written within them, right? He's talking about this conscience of it's either accusing them, it's of you've done wrong, or it's excusing them, it's defending us. You have done nothing wrong. You're you're innocent, and really the Holy Spirit, he is different than our conscience, but mm-hmm. often working with our conscience mm-hmm. and bringing things to light, convicting us of sin. So it, usually, what the Spirit is doing according uh, to the word or you know primarily a lot of times using the word gives us knowledge to our conscience this is you didn't know about this or you didn't think this is wrong but the spirit tells us no, here is the thing. see it clearly now. And what our conscience does is assesses us as, oh, okay <laughs> the spirit mm-hmm. brings us knowledge to us that we didn't have yep. and, and the but and the, come from this right? We can either then obey or disobey still. And this is where we went into different ways that our consciences may be off. You have your evil conscience, which is Hebrews ten twenty-two, and An evil conscience is one that accuses of wrong, uh, but we don't do anything about it. A seared conscience is 1 Timothy 4, 2. It's similar to an evil conscience, but because it has been ignored too many times, we cannot longer feel it anymore, and it doesn't work properly. Then you have a defiled conscience, Titus 1, 15. A conscience that is completely off, it loves and celebrates that which is bad, and hates, mocks, or puts down that which is good. Hmm. And then, lastly, you have a weak conscience, which you see this in 1 Corinthians eight verse seven. A weak conscience accuses of th- accuses us of things that are wrong, even if we ha- it's not actually wrong. Hmm. Yeah. So he talks about this of the food offered to idols, because they said that you sh- he says you used to worship those. You have a weak sensitive consciousness of you're not sure if it, it doesn't feel right. It's like, yeah. well, you should listen to your conscience. And it is that by this you can become defiled. How? By not listening to your conscience. Mm-hmm. Even if your conscience is weak, you should still listen to it. Yes, of, Paul does not want us to
1: sin against our conscience. Yes. A, another plug for a book is Conscience by Andrew Niselli and J.D. Crowley. It's a good one. It's in my office. It's excellent. We went through it with the residents in the fall, and I would highly recommend it. Uh,
0: it it's be, a little bit bigger than it's not, it's not. big. Yeah, it's but, not huge. But it's the uh, the Kevin Young one's really small. Okay, gotcha. And so uh, if you like the Kevin Young one, or if you're like I'm okay, I have a yep. little bit more time. I would recommend that one as well.
1: Because one thing, I remember reading it. No, there. You, do you know, Pastor, where the consciences are like fingerprints? No two people have the same conscience. Yeah. This is where the subjective element is just absolutely yes. fascinating. This is why it's absolutely critical, and we've talked about mm-hmm. this before, but there are primary doctrines that you have to believe in yes. order to be a Christian. Yes. And then there are second-tier and third-tier issues mm-hmm. that it's okay for Christians to disagree on. Yes. And so even in this idea of conscience, we're talking about sin, but I always want to throw in that we have to be very charitable when it comes to gray areas, which would be matters of conscience, where someone, because what the conscience is, like you said, it's a moral mechanism that God's placed in every human being that depending on the truth that we've placed into it, it, it tells, it's like an alarm system. And this is right, this is wrong. That's right. Meaning that... Mine can be very different from yours. And mm-hmm. so even when I'm looking at different topics within the church or Christianity, if they fall within a second or third tier, yes. it's okay to disagree. And I have to be very careful how I relate to yes. another brother. So and the Christ. scriptures
0: often write, it's not explicit, do this, don't do this. They often give us guardrails to mm-hmm. stay within. And that's where we we'll to be gracious. Is if they're within the guardrails of scripture, there's room there to then go from here to there. And we want to be, and it's okay to disagree it's okay to but disagree. We will be charitable in our disagreement. And very similar to Baptists with our Presbyterian brothers, right? Mm-hmm. They are going to the Scriptures, yep. and the Scriptures are giving them guardrails to try to stay within, right? And yet we can disagree. Yeah. Of like, we both agree baptism is is has to do with water. <laughs> it has yeah. to do with uh, faith. You know, there's these things that we we agree on, uh, and we can be charitable where we are not clear on what the Scriptures are saying. Yeah,
1: and the big thing is, like you said in First Corinthians eight, very quickly, it's that out of love yes. for another brother. We do not want to cause them to sin against their conscience, so I think the submission out of humility and love is the way that we should relate to one another.
0: And so then we close with uh, how to have a clear conscience. And it's, I mean, if there's anything here, right, when you're discipling someone else, there's very few things that are m- more blessing than, man, I can have, ha- looking someone else and seeing the, where they were to where they are, like, I have a clear conscience now before God. And so the the, the two things we said that we should do is, one, turn from your sin.
1: Hmm.
0: If you want to have a clear conscience, turn from your sin. And the two main ways you do this, you, you confess your sins to God, right? You And you, and you resolve within yourself. You, so you confess your sin, you'll be honest with the Lord and sincere with your, with your sin, right? Be, give him details, right? Not in the sense of boasting in it, but you don't want to make your sin so vague. That's intellectual confession and not a heart confession. Hmm. I did this. I know those was wrong, I know you hate this, I did that though, not I, str- I struggle with this it, You know, the more vague we are, the less it kind of usually hits our heart, the other part, turning from sin you want to resolve to not do it again, hmm. even if you can with the Lord, make a plan, Lord I'm going to do this, or I'm not going to do this, I'm hoping Lord that you would bless it, that you would help me in my fight against sin, but I'm going to do this so I, I wouldn't do this again, right, resolve hmm. to make tangible ways to turn from sin the second thing you want to do, turn to Christ, right John, First 1 John 1, 1.9, we already quoted it today, but right, if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just He forgive you of sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You go to Christ because you believe that you can be forgiven of this mm-hmm. and that uh, grace, we know grace can only come uh, from the person and work of Jesus Christ. applied to us by the Holy Spirit. We go to him in prayer, confess our sin, and he cleanses us of our sin. He is faithful and just. And he offers forgiveness, and so um, maybe a little longer text Hebrews nine eight through fourteen, a good mm-hmm. text. To look at he takes the defiled, he makes it undefiled, not yeah. through bull blood of bulls and goats, but through the blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah, and
1: just add one quick thing is that sometimes there can be those of us who would have a sensitive conscience, mm-hmm. meaning that like what you were just saying, we have gone to to the Lord, we've asked for forgiveness, and sometimes we still feel guilty. Mm-hmm and sometimes and this is where we have to remember that our consciences are not infallible yeah. and we don't know if it's our own flesh we don't yes. know if it's the enemy uh attacking us yeah. one of my favorite verses to to remind us uh, of this of a wonderful truth is 1 John 3:19 and 20 we will know by this that we are of the truth and we'll set our heart at ease before him, that if our heart condemns us, Mm. that God is greater than our heart, Mm. and he knows all things. That's good. One of my favorite parts is when when the Lord was restoring Peter, and he asked him three times, Peter, do you love me? The way that Peter appeals on the very last time, he says this, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. (laughs) Just meaning that, just be careful, because like I said, sometimes... You can feel guilty even though you've confessed. And so a wonderful prayer is mm-hmm. that, Lord, you know I've confessed this. You know all things. You know that I love
0: you, and I'm sorry for what I've done. Yeah, that's good. It's very similar to 1 Corinthians four. 4. He's like, I'm not aware of anything I've yes. done. He says, the Lord. The, the Lord. I, I, by no means am I acquitted. But just because my own conscience doesn't bear me witness, He is ultimately our judge. Yeah. The conscience is a gift from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it's a good gift when we have a clean and clear conscience. It's, yeah. There's almost nothing like it, right? It's, and that's what we want to strive for. Parents, we want to strive for. Are there things, go through this list of our know, conscience, seer, defiled, you know, and just kind of talk to other students? Are there things that you know you're doing wrong? Hmm. And what, what do I do then? Confess it and turn to Christ. It's that easy. Amen. And it's that sweet. Uh, Pastor Daniel, would you pray us out?
1: Absolutely. Dear Father, thank you so much for the gift of giving us a conscience, Lord. Please let us do everything to that we can to live in a way where, we, like Pastor Whit just said, we will have a clean conscience. And even those times when we have come to you and we have confessed our sins and we have forsaken them mm-hmm. and we still feel guilty. Lord, let us rest in your omniscience. Let us rest in the fact that you know all things, Lord. You know that we love you. Please let us walk in a way that is honoring to you. Give us clean hands and a pure heart, always resting on what you have done in your finished work on the cross and nothing in what we've done. Mm. We love you, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.